everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Badish, where Badish stands for Badish at Being Politically Correct. I'm Zia. I'm here with Nye. And today's topic of conversation is going to be um, no nuance November. So I'm going to have Nye kind of further explain what that is before we get into it. Okay, so I think it started off as either a TikTok trend or a Twitter trend. I'm really not sure, so don't quote me. But basically, everybody was getting on the interwebs with their quote-unquote hot takes um, and providing no nuance or any kind of explanation if you don't know what nuance it means. Um, providing no kind of explanation for their hot takes or their problematic takes and... Yeah, people just ran with it. Some of them were hella problematic. Some of them were racist. Some of them were, you know, just like straight up sexist. And then some of them were, you know, quite accurate. So what we're going to do today is we've collected a whole bunch of... It's like three pages. Whole bunch of hot takes from... So some got sent to us. Some got sent to me. Some got, we got from Twitter, some we got from TikTok, some like our friends sent to like the group chat or whatever. Um, there are a bunch of them and we, we just have like a bunch of them compiled in a document basically and in a Twitter search and we're going to go through them and say how we feel about them and might get a little hot in here tonight, but <laughs> I guess we'll see how it goes. So Z, you want to pick one from the list that you want to start with? Oh, okay. So my favorite one forever is going to be marriage is a scam. Okay. I, so it's interesting because it's not that I don't believe in marriage. I just don't really understand why we as a people, as a society go for marriage so hard where we feel like it has to be like the end all be all. Like if you're not married, your man don't love you or your girl don't love you, or whatever, whatever. And I just feel like that's untrue. We treat marriage as the destination instead of one of the, um, kind of just like one of like the stops, like one of the stops on the trip. And like, I definitely feel like we could do like an entire podcast on like this, because mm-hmm. like I have a lot to say, but I feel like to sum it up is that if the goal in society is to be in like, maybe not necessarily monogamous, but in like a relationship centered around the love and forever partnership. The goal isn't marriage. The goal is death. So like, I just don't, mm. it just, I don't understand. What does it really matter? I can understand why marriage appeals to some people because, you know, it's like this symbolic thing of, how strong your love is for the person that you're with and the fact that you want to spend the rest of your life with them yada 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 whatever but if we're keeping it a buck marriage is just a financial contract so most of the time like my issue with marriage as a concept is that there's so much more to life with the person you love than marriage so I think I kind of agree with Z when she says, you know, marriage isn't the destination. It's just one of many stops on the trip or on the journey of your life with the person that you love. Why is it, why, and why does every relationship have to be so marriage focused? Like, I feel like when you put that focus on your relationship from jump, it creates a necessary strain, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Because then right. really hard to see 
or enjoyed the relationship outside of that if you feel as though um, it's not going at the pace you want it to go to to get to that destination that you want it to get to. So that's how I feel about that. Which right. is why I also thought or why I think that the next one that we should highlight is somebody said dating to marry at a young age is ridiculous and stunts your growth. And honestly, I don't disagree. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it's really hard to be like, at 17, I'm dating to marry. At 17, you don't know who you're going to be in 20 years. At 17, you don't know who you are. And that's not to say that you can't love somebody at 17 or that you might not marry the person that you were with at 17. But why is it that you're dating to marry instead of dating to you know, experience life and love and all of those things. And I have my own opinions on, you know, getting married at a young age, because personally, I do believe it's times of growth, because I feel like there are things about yourself that you can't figure out if you're constantly with somebody. But that's a whole other topic that I could talk about for a whole podcast. (laughs) So yeah, I just feel as though maybe dating to marry isn't the term that we need to be using anymore, you know? Right. I just think in general, it's not a good thing, but like, I definitely, I feel like it can definitely be kind of tricky because I think there are some people who do marry young and like, it works out, but I feel like I would just like to see the percentages of that, like what that really looks like. like I think what my point is more so, aside from the fact that like, I don't believe in marriage at a very, at a super young age, like if we're negating that, I think my issue is more with the concept of dating to marry as opposed to it. Right. You know, we were dating and we were so in love and we got That we got married. Okay, okay, those are two very different things. Okay, right. Okay, I definitely agree with that though. So somebody said all pets are unethical. And I said this to my boyfriend the other day and he was like, I'm not sure that I can agree with that though, because what would the dogs be doing if they weren't pets? He was like, cause dogs are, you know, man's best friend or whatever. And there's that whole concept around, you know, the fact that dogs are in fact dependent on humans. Right. I was like, um, but if we'd left them alone, would they be? So I feel like I would actually have to see like how the idea of like dogs developed because, you know, there's that whole thing about dogs being raised, not being raised, being descendants of wolves. And of course, a wolf is a very completely independent animal that does not need to be taken care of by people. But um, dogs, yeah, my dog, I have a dog. Dog's name is Sally. Sally definitely could not live on her own in the wild. It would be impossible. Sally would be dead in like three days. I don't have much love her. And she's a pit bull too. And she, I don't, I don't, I don't have faith in her to make it. So I just, I definitely feel like, but like to like the polar opposite cats, I was like listening to like this podcast the other day, like called like Stuff You Should Know. And there was like this podcast episode on cats. And they're talking about how cats aren't actually really domesticated animals that cats just choose to be with humans. But if you left your cat outside, um, like like they would like they're good. Like they they can hunt, they can feed for themselves, they can do all that stuff. 
but so I guess it kind of depends on the animal because I feel like well honestly it's probably just dogs I think any animal but dogs could probably make it out on their own but I think that's where I kind of draw the line at dogs yeah I think at dogs and there are stray dogs but like if you look at stray dogs they never really look healthy you know what I mean as opposed to maybe like stray cats or stray other animals like I feel like you can see healthy like stray cats and healthy stray other animals so okay well you know how I feel about pets I'm not really a pet person you Um, are not a pet person just because I didn't really have them growing up like I had a fish or something like that you know I had a couple like arbitrary pets that didn't require a whole ton of maintenance or whatever and also I grew up in the Caribbean where you know pets belong outside I was having this conversation with someone the other day and I was saying you know um Americans treat their pets like they are extensions of their family and while people from the Caribbean do love their pets you know your dog does not sleep in your bed with you or you know it's be in the house up on the couch kitchens you know they'd be outside and yeah that I think that was one of the like introductory weird phenomenons for me when I first phenomena for me when I first moved to the states for college um I was surprised at the way that white people be letting oh can I say that um I was surprised at the way white people letting (laughs) animals like their dogs kiss them in the mouth and um how Americans in general be letting their animals just be all over all the furniture in the house the cats be on the counter in the kitchen like I was it just doesn't sit well with my spirit but I digress Um, (laughs) okay I have one um oh my god I had it and then I lost it where are you Oh, a lot of leftists are extremely elitist and classist and exclusionary with their activism. And I agree 100%. I, think. I don't think that I don't think that even I've, needs nuance. Like, I think the statement was what it was. Yeah. It was accurate. So and it's accurate. Like, have, there's nothing else to anything to said there. It's a fact. One that is, I think, highly problematic. And I honestly, I've seen it. It's been on. Our I knew you were going to do this days. one. And I, and I still don't know yeah. how to feel about it five days later. Um, somebody said racism isn't black people's biggest problem. And so See, as a collective, like black people as a collective. So I'm, so my question is if racism isn't our biggest problem, what is, you know? And I can't think of anything as a collective that affects black people, especially black people in America as much as racism does. So I'm not sure that I agree with the statement like as a collective, not the subsets of black people. Like obviously there's a lot of homophobia in the black community or, you know, the black men versus black women debate, whatever, 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 all of those things exist. But as a collective, as an entirety, as a whole community, what affects black people more than racism? I can't think of anything. Yeah, like I feel like we, I think my issue for that especially is that um, when I, when people, people who use this argument I usually hear the next after that is black people's biggest problem is that black is black people killing other black people. And it just, you know, is that I, what you usually I, hear? I roll my eyes so I hard. The, That's usually what know, I usually hear. You know what? I usually hear when this statement is said, it's usually in terms of like systematic racism. And it's usually something like black people's biggest problem isn't racism. It's that black people are lazy. 
Have you really heard that? That's the context. I've that never. That's the context you've heard that in? Okay, no, yeah. I've heard it and in the all, context that... It's always that... a white person in one of my sociology classes or something. Oh. Like but, um, yeah. Oh, okay, so this is different. So I'm talking about, like, other Black people who are, like, racism isn't Black people's biggest problem. Oh. It's Black on Black well, crime. Well, I'm interested yeah. now to find out if the person that had this take this. Black or white. Because... Right that would lend perspective I think yeah and then of course my issue with that is that black on black crime one doesn't exist and two in a lot of instances where we're talking about black on black crime is a thing because of systematic racism living in lower income communities not having access to proper education not having access to like food uh, like good food all of these things like is it's all from systematic like so i know somebody said the war on drugs is really a war on poor bipoc lgbtq plus and disabled people and personally i don't think that needs explanation and i agree with it um so that's all i have to say but (laughs) Well, two things I have to say. One, I've never heard one say BIPOC. I hear BIPOC, so this was new for me. Yeah, never heard this before. And two, yeah, facts, because when when crack was running rampant in the drug community, in the Black community and all that shit, y'all ain't really had, y'all didn't really seem to care about that. Like, it was all, oh, you know, them Black people on that stuff, they good for nothing, ain't no concern. But now that all of the white people are stuck on fentanyl and all that stuff it's save the children so and yeah that's not like white people didn't bring crack cocaine into black neighborhoods let's on not purpose cap. let's not cap like on like actually on purpose so it's like i mm. oh i have one that's not written down but i just thought of it okay astrology is not real and you just use it to justify your own behavior that's poor within yourself that you don't want to change so <laughs> but I like the astrology stuff though you know this uh, to be fair I don't use it to excuse my actions I just find it interesting and I think the memes are funny but yeah I don't like use my astrology I don't use my sign to excuse my behavior like I'm fully aware that on occasion I'm trash and I don't attribute that trashness to the fact that I'm a Sagittarius, I attribute that trashness to the fact that I'm a Bajan woman. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Be that as it may. Be that as it um, Okay. So if we are coming off of, you know, that race thing for now, just because I feel like that always gets a tad problematic. Um Somebody said there's no such thing as the friend zone. I'm so glad you picked that one because I was looking at it at the same time. Yes. Uh, I wish I kept the thing on my phone because we was, I was just reading a post about, yes, because it was like a post someone shared on like social media and it had like the pictures of like Chase and Zoe and like um, 
the people from Hannah Montana, Lily and Oliver, and talking about these people. It was we were so happy when these people like escaped the friend zone. And people are like, yeah, but the friend zone is a weird and manipulative concept that men use in order to make women feel guilty about not giving them a chance. And I honestly think that there is a big difference between talking about escaping a friend zone and then being friends and it developing into something more. One is just a natural progression of a relationship and one is weirdly manipulative and it's all based on content. If you are only becoming my friend in hopes of getting close enough to me that we begin dating, that's manipulative and I don't want no parts of it because you are eventually going to lash out when the feelings do not are not reciprocated in the timeline that you think that it should have been. But if you are clearly just my friend and we both mutually agree in becoming something more, then that's not escaping a friend zone. That is a natural progression of a relationship. Yeah. So, and yes. so I say this all the time. We were talking about this just the other day when like men will try to pretend that they're your friend and then they'll find out that you have a man and all of a sudden they're upset or they're fronted or they're taken aback or they're offended or they're mad that you never told them that you were dating somebody. And I was like, well, I didn't think you were interested in me like that. I didn't realize that you were lurking. It's the same thing, I guess, in a lesser context as well, like how men will like lurk on your social media. And then the minute you post your man, all of a sudden you've lost 50 followers. Right. And you're like, that's weird. Like, I don't care that I've lost the followers, but it's weird that you unfollowed me the minute that I posted my man, because that means that you just followed me because you thought I was single. And that's weird. Right. Never have I ever. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what that, you're doing, but you need to stop. Yeah. See, like, oh. isn't that a weird habit? I don't even know. And I feel like this is a completely like male thing. And I'm sure there are like some exceptions, but I really, I never hear of women that do that who follow yeah. men because they think they're single. And then once they post the girl, they unfollow. Like I've never heard of that. It's literally some, some weird thing that y'all men do that just doesn't make any sense. Okay. Somebody said transgenderism is body dysmorphia. Yeah. I feel like that was disproven by science. So I don't know what to tell That's y'all. That's something very yeah. 1800s to me. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> It's sounding very, yeah, very fortunate. Mental illness to me. It's sounding very 1850s. I just, what? It doesn't make yeah. sense. It so. makes sense. Somebody said coleslaw is garbage, and I disagree. Yeah. I disagree. I mean, not all coleslaw is good, but like good right. coleslaw is good. You know it's good, I mean? right? I agree. I feel like I've had coleslaw where I was like, okay, this shit slaps. And then I've had coleslaw where I'm like, this is, this is gross. The colors are off. The texture is off. This, it's too yeah. sweet. It's weird. So, bro. There's no. raisins in it. There's raisins in it. Why would you do that? White people. Just why? White people. Mm. It's like people can't, who put, they can't have nothing. It's like people who put weird things in the potato salad. Yeah. Why? Or that person who puts peas in macaroni and cheese. Ooh, Have you seen that? I Why would that. you do that? I hate that. Oh, God. Mm. Somebody said what? the education of non-Blacks. I'm not sure I like the term non-Blacks, but I digress. Somebody said the education of non-Blacks on Black issues and culture is exhausting for Black people and not rewarding. And after a while, the conversation becomes unproductive and pointless. It's not yep. the job of Black people to educate you on Black issues. 
Google yep. works. And that's all that needs to be said. I had a situation like this at work when someone said something like very racially charged with that whole like Tory Lanez, Megan the Stallion thing. Mm -hmm. And like, I literally just stopped talking to them and they were like, well, I like told them like what something they said to me was like racist. And they're like, well, like I would really like, like want to have a conversation with you about like, you know, what it is exactly that I said that you found like offensive. And like, they sent me like this long thing on like, Facebook about how like oh I'm didn't mean to offend you and uh, you know you know I have love for you and blah 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 and I'm I'm over it I'm exhausted it's too exhausting to have to pull out my black like teen speak for white people and explain to yeah. them why in like their own words get down on their level you know what I mean and spoon feed them information about why you shouldn't say Megan the Stallion has a penis and that's why she deserved to get like I don't have time to go through that and why that's and I also, racially I offensive like I don't have the time happens all the time and people speak about it all the, all the time which means that even in saying this even in this no nuance um thing I shouldn't have to explain that to you because people have explained this so many times already. So like, it's like when you're in class and you're the only black person in class and they're talking about slavery and then all of a sudden everybody expects you to have an opinion. And I'm like, why do I, I have to have an opinion just because of the color of my skin? And so I had this same discussion back in like May when everything was blowing up with the riots and stuff. And everybody was like, all the black creators were talking about it on social media and saying what needed to be said. And then we were saying, you know, like if black voices want to stop talking for a while because they need to take a break to recharge, then, then they, they should be allowed to do that. Um, right. I was saying to people like you don't just get to post a black square and then have nothing else to say and they were like well if black creators aren't posting then why should I have to post and I'm like because it doesn't take anything out of you to post because you're an ally so it shouldn't be hard for you to do it's exhausting for us because it's our people that are getting killed in the street like I don't understand what you're not comprehending but if it's that hard for you please block me back Right. And honestly, how like disgusting and privileged do you have to be that you offend me personally? But and then I have to go around and while I'm dealing with that trauma, have to explain to you why you offended me and then relive relive that trauma twice. That's what you want me to do, sis? No, I'm, right. not, I'm not doing that. Wow. Not doing that. Not doing that. Mm, 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 mm. And speaking of privilege, somebody said it takes a distinct amount of privilege to be able to live and eat vegan. That's true. It just is. Yeah. Like, I, if you don't know why, you're probably privileged. Yep. Or just less red, because, like, I definitely think I'm privileged, and I know why this is a true take, so. No, for sure. I don't know what to tell y'all. Read a book. <laughs> <laughs> Read, look it up. Read some articles. <laughs> Read an article. Um, somebody said oatmeal's good, which I agree with. And you can do some things. Oatmeal is bad. I That's what know. I wanted to I know. Think, like, if you think oatmeal is bad, you're childish. I don't know. Like even cream of wheat to me makes more sense because I don't like cream of wheat, but I don't. I only don't like it because I hate that it gets lumpy. Yeah. Like if it didn't get lumpy, I would eat it a lot more. I feel like I never leave my cream of wheat long enough for it to get lumpy. Like, I, I honestly, like, make it watery, and I put it in, like, a coffee mug, 
and I drink that shit. So, really? but I, yeah, but I understand what you're saying about the lumpy. Like, yeah, it's I gross. You can't do it. Public proposals are manipulative. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Oh, I so agree. I so I, mm, agree. I so I, agree. And they're weird. I just think it's weird. Yeah. Like they're manipulative and weird. Because like if I say no, I'm a bitch. You know what right. I mean? Right. And now everybody that's there hates me. Hates but me. Right. And you're the victim. I don't want to get married. Also, it's even weirder if we never had a conversation about marriage first right so i think proposing to people without talking to them or having any conversation about marriage first in general is weird because how are you gonna propose to somebody without ever having talking to them about it talking about oh i just wanted it to be a surprise nah the fact that you're proposing and when you propose can be a surprise but the fact that like i thought you might propose can't be a surprise nope Uh -uh. we all need to be on the same page one way or another nah uh paperbacks are superior to hardcovers i agree i disagree no paperbacks they're so hardcovers are so bulky and the spine is always so rigid and they take up so much space and i'm not saying that some books aren't good as hardbacks i'm just saying not every book needs to be a freaking hardback let me say something okay paperbacks are weak bitches okay (laughs) they bend like and the, the the like they don't close properly after a certain while like you close it and like the pages are still like falling for like 20 minutes you're watching this book close slowly and then it never closes the same ever again and then if you get like water on it if it like get wet or something it all like shrivels up like a are you getting water on your books gross. in the first place why are you getting water on your books in the first place i let you lend out one book to a girl who's like, I want to read this book. And then she returns it and it's never the same. That would have never happened with the hardcover. Poor judgment. Also, don't loan out your book. Poor judgment on your call, yeah. on your part. That ain't got nothing that was poor on my part. It was. That's you. <laughs> but so, again, I have paperbacks weak bitches. Except that paperbacks are superior. I said what I said. Okay. Weak bitches. <clears throat> nope. Somebody said having children with someone is a bigger commitment than marrying them. I don't see how you could think it's not. So, yeah. yo, I, that's eighteen years of somebody. Fuck, you, you can get, divorce you somebody. Can get divorced anytime. You can divorce somebody in three months. We know somebody that did it. The fuck. <laughs> and even after, but and even after the eighteen years, you know, they go to college. You got to go to the college graduation. Maybe they want to get married, so you got to go to the wedding. Hey. There's a family reunion. No, uh-uh. uh, no. A baby's born, and now you got to share a grandchild. Nah. Right. Nah. Get out while you can. I'm not with this shit. Even when you're even when you're married, it's not too late. Get out while you can, girl. It's okay. Yeah. I believe in you. I have very particular feelings about children so you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, attractiveness for minorities is measured by how eurocentric your features are while still claiming poc Uh, i don't know my issue with this i think in a lot of situations it's true and in a lot of situations it's false i don't know my issue with this take is attractiveness by what measure? 
because are we talking about you know the standards of beauty in America for example are we talking about industry standards of beauty or are we talking about like standards of beauty within cultures because for example in Barbados white women have never been like held above black women as opposed as it relates to standards of beauty like the standard of beauty in Barbados is black women we're a predominantly black country however the standards of beauty within like industries within America would lean towards more Eurocentric features so I think that that's a very vast scoping statement to make and you have to kind of narrow it down if we're gonna decide whether or not we agree with it if that makes sense well I think in a lot of cases it's a lot more widespread because if we think about issues of like skin lightening that's definitely something that's across continents that's definitely very Eurocentric, but you'll see it kind of everywhere. Um, so I, I think it, I think maybe on a whole, there is some truth to the statement. Cause I think I can think of a few things like the things that we sell to people that we sell to black women, darker Indian women, things like that are very Eurocentric. But I think recently in the last maybe decade or so we have seen that switch in like the scale where we're like yeah why do we want to look like these colonizers anyway oh my god um so like we need to like we need to wake up from like this mind trap so I think on the pendulum we're kind of in an upwards movement from getting away from this Eurocentric thing but I feel like it is true for a lot of places still Mm. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I kind of agree, but I also don't because it really depends on what exactly you're talking about. You know what I mean? Because there are subcategories within features, you know what I mean? So if we're talking about like bone structure, for example, then all, all the time industries lean lean towards more like Eurocentric. Right. Even on like black faces. But then um I don't know. It's like this whole debate that could be had. So I really don't, I really don't want to get into it. Like it's a thought that I haven't fully fleshed out. I don't think, um, I know that I've definitely seen it because I know like when I was younger, I thought my lips are too big and right. I used to, like want to make them smaller. I used to like put a clothespin on my nose so that it would not be as, oh. like, as wide. Um, and there was like a distinct moment in my life. I'm pretty sure like when I was, borderline preteen or whatever where all of my friends because of just who I was friends with at school or whatever um and I all my friends were lighter than I was so I was the darkest person in the friend group and so I automatically felt like the ugliest person in the friend group so it's not to say that it only exists within America that's not within America that's not what I was trying to say I don't think I just think especially as of late you have to be more specific about what you're talking about as opposed to like making generalizations, you know what I mean? Because progress has been made and it's not to say that not more progress needs to be made, but you don't want to completely obliterate the progress that has been made and just okay. like negate it. You know what I mean? Right. So it's the reason I said what I said earlier is because like in Barbados as it stands today, um, November 22nd 2020 like I wouldn't particularly say that 
the ideal attractiveness in Barbados is the same as like okay. in America, November 22nd, 2020. You know what I mean? Like those ideals are different. And a lot of that right. is because of like translation. You know what I mean? A lot of that is different because of like culture right. and place and country and all of that. So. Okay. Do you have one? Girls supporting girls is just another slogan created and weaponized by white women to silence the voices of women of color, especially black women. And I actually don't have a take on this yet because I don't know if I'm quite sure what this means. Right. I have a take. <laughs> there we go. Because I feel like maybe I'll have an opinion after. So, okay. So I'm going to let you hear what I have to say about it. And then you can decide how you feel. Because this is what I take from the statement that was made. Um, it, it speaks about this idea of how white feminism isn't the same as feminism for all women. Because white feminism is okay. very catered towards white women specifically. And the trials and tribulations and struggles or whatever of white women are not at all the same as those of women of color or women who might fall into any other category other than cis, hetero, white. Because at the end of the day, as much as white women are still below white men on the totem pole in, for example, American society, white women are still above all the rest of us. And so their feminism does not encompass our struggles. It's different. So then there, it has created this dynamic or white women have created this dynamic of if you're speaking out against my kind of feminism, then you're not really a feminist because you're not supporting or you're trying to tear me down. Whereas all we're asking for or the feminists that our women of color are asking for is more inclusion. Like, let's not only talk about white issues, let's talk about other issues too. And they're like, no, but it's supposed to be girls supporting girls. So how are you going to say that? How are you going to call me out for not being inclusive when you're supposed to be supporting me as a fellow woman? But how can you say girls supporting girls when your feminism isn't inclusive to me? Okay, so I think I see what like, I guess I just didn't because I guess personally, while I understand what you're talking about. I've never seen it associated with the slogan of like girls supporting girls. Like I've never seen like it be like this particular slogan be weaponized. But yeah, I think especially with like the 2020 election, we learned where white women stand. Like yeah. more women voted for Trump this time around than last time. And y'all swore up and down for the last four years about how, oh, we didn't know how horrible it was going to be. And yes, we let y'all down. That was our bad. But we're going to come together to like undo like the wrongs that we did in like 2015. And like, obviously that was a lie because here we are, because I think at the end of the day, kind of what you were saying is that white women are married to white men and they have white sons and daughters. And it makes more sense for them to align themselves with people or policies or ideas that uplift them and their family structure than it is to actually extend a hand to the other side of the aisle and actually help someone who looks different from them because yeah. in doing that they feel they will be this underserved be in some structure. way yeah yes so definitely agree with that um and I think like that, as a whole. that leads into the whole 
Well, I said it, but it's also on this list as well that says the feminist movement is not and cannot be about equality until all women are treated as equal. The struggles of cis hat white women are not the same as minority groups of women, and yet they're the most catered to within feminism. And I used to think the thing about girls supporting girls, um, a further a further explanation of that would just be the thing about the feminist movement. So we just kind of talked about that. Right. Um, and then I guess to pivot into another area, Black Lives Matter can't be a thing if it's only about cis heteronormative, heteronormative Black people. Yeah, no, for sure. Then you don't believe in Black Lives Matter. You believe that Black cisgender um, heterosexual lives matter. It's exactly. not the same thing. And it's, it's not, not the same thing at all. Um, okay. Somebody said telling black people I voted for Biden in 2020 falls into the same ballpark as <laughs> I have a black friend or I voted for Obama in 2008. Hashtag performance. Y'all love to throw Obama in black people's faces and I don't <laughs> understand why. It's so weird to me. It's weird and y'all gotta stop doing it. Like, like I voted for Obama how can I possibly be racist? Because what you just said was racist. That That's exactly why I, uh, white people confuse me. They really do. Mm-hmm. There's just something not, the synapses just don't connect in <laughs> the ways firing. that they're supposed to. They're, they're not, not firing. firing. <laughs> I'm just so confused by the things that they say and do sometimes. And this is exactly one of those moments. Like, I don't care. Black people didn't even want to vote for Biden. We just didn't want Trump. So you telling me that you voted for Biden in 2020 actually means nothing Nothing to me. Ooh, sweet potatoes are better than regular potatoes. They are. They are. That's it. They are better than regular potatoes. But what I will say in the defense is that regular potatoes are not, uh, regular potatoes are more versatile. However, sweet potatoes are better. Yeah. Um, They're better. Somebody said body neutrality over body positivity yes which i also agree with um yeah and i think that's relatively self-explanatory um and then i think that also leads into this hot take which is that many of the positivity trends are toxic and performative and have veered away from their origins and are now used as a way to obtain or maintain clout on social media which facts like there'll be some toxic ass people talking about body positivity or being woke on social media and it's for clout it's like when a video surfaces seven years later of somebody say a white person saying the n-word and all of a sudden they're like oh no but like you know black lives matter a cab abcdefus <laughs> six like okay takashi six nine you know <laughs> like we're down with all the lingo um yeah somebody said straight the straight white men are the enemy narrative is played out I'm is not, it though i'm not allowed to have an opinion on this i'm, I'm not ready to give it up okay i'm not ready to give it up because y'all move weird i don't care i, I mean, said straight it white men have been in history the enemy and a lot enemy. of straight white men still are the enemy they are However, not all straight white men are the enemy anymore Yes, but straight white men are the enemy as a collective is very true, and I will never let it go. To be fair, we could also put straight white women are also the enemy. We can they put are. that up there they too. Are. They are. They if are. that makes y'all feel better. Like and vampires. I feel, like, 
and I low-key feel like sometimes straight white women are more dangerous than straight white men. Oh, agreed. Straight agreed. white women will weaponize their femininity against yes. the black community every time. Every time. Oh. What's that fair? Once again, Trump 2020. Let's see it once again. But like, did you see like the movie Vampires in Brooklyn? No, Love No, Vampires versus the Bronx. Love that movie. And like the whole time, so it's basically about like gentrification in the Bronx. And how these vampires who were white people were coming in and like buying up the contracts for um, local businesses in the area to push them out. And then like these white vampires were moving it into those spaces to try and take over the neighborhood like as a new vampire nest. And of course, this whole time in the movie, we're thinking like the vampire, like these male vampires that we see in the movie are the bad guys. But lo and behold... The last 30 minutes of the movie, who's the leader of the vampires? A white woman. woman. And I was like, yes, I see what you did there. Message received. I mean, the message was already known, but mess- I, like, I got yeah. you. We're on the Thanks for page. the, thanks for the reminder. got it. Thank you for the reminder. You've been like, um, It's been. <laughs> okay, this one's kind of problematic. Light-skinned Black people are the most performative social justice warriors. I just I don't have an opinion I know I know why this was stated I just don't know if I like how it's written so like this idea of because like it's it's basically colorism you know what I mean this idea at least to me that's how I take it this idea that like light-skinned black people are treated better than dark-skinned black people which is a fact it's just true systematically so like if you don't believe that debate your mother and then like how some like light-skinned people cannot see past their own privilege they can't see that they have privilege in of itself and that a lot of times like when they are doing they're combating for social justice they are not doing it with their dark-skinned women men like counterparts in mind it's still centered around them honest almost kind of in the same way that white feminism is not centered around the female experience of a whole regardless of like race or regardless of if it's like heteronormative but it's centered around the idea of white feminism I definitely feel like there are light black skin activism in the community that definitely pushes out darker people like darker POCs so that's what I, I got from think, that. I think the way I kind of interpreted that is, or mm, the reason that I refused initially to have a, an opinion on this is because it read as very much like, I'm gonna give you a scenario. I have a friend who is light skin. She's a mixed baby or whatever. And uh, she's super woke and super active within the black community and super out there and you know very pro-black men pro-black lives pro-black families pro-black love whatever and thinks that she has the and all be all on the concept of blackness and my issue with that is just that as a light-skinned person as you said there are things that you are never going to experience that a dark-skinned person might 
And so the reason that I don't want to comment on this or that I didn't want to comment on this initially is because I feel like something like this is really divisive where there needs to be no division or in our community. You know what I mean? However, I can understand, especially like as a dark skinned black girl, why somebody might be frustrated with their light skin counterpart and the ways in which they might be going about dealing with the movement or whatever and the things that they might feel like they're allowed to say when like a dark skinned black person might not be able to take the same actions without fear of greater consequences right um I just feel like it's a it's one of those really it's tricky tricky like on the edge very problematic type topics but yeah um still think it's a factual statement yeah yeah i mean i didn't want to say it but yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think it's factual okay so one that i have is it's okay to have negative emotions and or be insecure or oh big facts it's not even like it's okay i think it's completely normal i think in the age where we are very big on the idea of mental health i think sometimes we forget that it is completely normal to maybe look in the mirror like some days and be like you know what I feel like my nose is like you know it's kind of big you know like my nose is kind of big and I feel like like one of I feel like I I have very deep feelings about this especially as it relates to mental health because a big part of recovery for anybody who has mental health issues or a big part of coping or a big part of whatever is, you know, sometimes you just have to acknowledge the fact that you have these feelings. And while the best thing to do might not be to wallow in them for like an extended period of time, that doesn't mean that you just ignore them or push them aside. You know what I mean? Like you felt your feelings, you acknowledge them, you see that they're there and you acknowledge that the best option might not be to dwell on these feelings for super long, but that doesn't mean that you don't get to have those feelings just because they aren't positive. Like you're never going to be positive all of the time. It's like when somebody who's in AA relapses and then they feel super guilty about it or whatever, but it's a process. You know what I mean? Like recovery is this constant thing. So yeah. Right. Well, I think even in the terms of like, maybe you're not like someone who is maybe like diagnosed with depression. I think this idea of you, like you feel bad for maybe a couple of days and you automatically, you're, you're, you jump to the conclusion that you are depressed. Yeah. Instead of jumping to the conclusion that, you know what, honestly, I'm just having a hard time. Like I had a bad week and yeah. I feel like it's something that we really need to like really look in ourselves and be like, is, is this an overreaction? Because some days you're going to be sad, girl. It's just, it's just normal. And like, we don't have to jump to like worst case scenario every time you have a negative emotion. You're going to be jealous sometimes of your friends. That's normal. Yeah. When it's not normal is when it's getting chronic. If out of the year, six of the months, you're six consecutive months out of the year, you're doing bad. Then, you know, maybe, maybe we need to, you know, see a therapist I mean you should be seeing a therapist anyway if you can afford it but like you know maybe that's when we should be like going to a therapist or a psychiatrist and like speaking to them and like seeing if maybe there's maybe more going on to the problem but it's you're gonna have days of envy you're gonna have days of jealousy you're gonna have days of of being sad and it's all completely normal so 
don't worry about it. Somebody said bullying is sometimes okay. <laughs> I agree. Listen, because I didn't want to say it, but I, uh, I'm sure this is very it helps problematic. You become, it helps you become a more well-rounded person. I think, yeah, I, uh, I feel like an Sometimes actual person are- with a degree would say this is incorrect, but as I- I'm standing right now, I'm going to say this is a fair statement. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's just necessary. You know, sometimes you just got to bully the bad out of some people. This <laughs> is what it is. This is what it is. Wow. I just feel like, 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 don't, don't pick on people because like they're weak or they're ugly. Like don't pick on people for things that they can't help. But like, if somebody's a trash human being, by all means, bully them. Go ahead. Bully the humility into them. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, that's how I feel. I was also just kind of thinking like I feel like bullying not when done correctly because that's just not a real thing but like bullying when it's not like something that's crippling that causes someone like depression and anxiety I think can really help people like develop like a backbone yeah you know what I mean like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cap I feel like Americans talk about bullying a lot and a lot of the things that they call bullying happen in the Caribbean and it's just called childhood so <laughs> right like people in the Caribbean make nicknames for you based off of your ugly features yeah like you'll walk in a bar and somebody will call you big nose and then it'll stick for the next 15 years yes or, but is that is that a good thing though <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not saying that it is I'm just saying like as, as it relates to the point of building a backbone a backbone like yeah you know, you either suck it up or you go be sad all the days. You're gonna be sad. <laughs> because from here on out, you're big nose. You're big but nose. I know a guy who got attacked by like a dog or something when he was a child and oh his ear is missing and they call oh. him crinkly. I, oh wow. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, and crinkly's fine. He's doing well. He's doing well for himself. He's well adjusted. He's doing great. <laughs> no, I mean. Oh, moving on. <laughs> straight men should not be allowed to pick pick out their own clothes. Yes or no? I I know a lot of straight men that dress well, so I don't Same. Know <laughs> Same. I mean, there's some that just don't, but I feel like the majority of straight men do pretty okay for themselves. I, and I feel like you they do okay because it's so easy you put on a t-shirt and jeans and a jacket and you're you're fine like if you want to get spicy if you want to get spicy get get a little diamond stud in the ear you know if you're really trying to shake things up but like if you want to get really spicy you know pierce your nose pierce your nose (laughs) (laughs) i just mm. like i feel like a lot of men who don't have like who I feel like don't have style is because y'all try too hard to have style literally like why are you matching your shirt to your shoes like it's the same print (laughs) like why is why is your shirt your pants and your shoes why do they all have palm trees (laughs) and a Gucci symbol right (laughs) it's not adding up just because it's expensive does not mean it looks good 
Right. Why are you wearing a polo Ralph Lauren with a Gucci belt with true religion jeans and these ugly ass easy slides and you think high fashion? High fashion. Like, why? Why do and then they have the um the Louis Vuitton duffel bag, you know? Oh my what god, I mean? oh no, or the you know the the what do they have now? The thing that goes across there. Yeah, the, 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 the fanny pack, the supreme fanny pack. Why do y'all do that? Stop. Oh my gosh. I want y'all uh, to be well. I can't stop. Just buy that. a plain t-shirt, everyone. It's in a while. I beg. Just buy a plain beg. It does not have <laughs> not to have a logo on it. Right. I promise. Just put down the logo. We get it. You, you have, have money. money. <laughs> like we, we we get it. We understand. Okay. I, Somebody said okay. girls that don't masturbate are in the minority and girls that are always claiming that they don't masturbate are pygmies. The pygmy throws me off because sometimes I think you're just sexually repressed due to religion and conservatism. But um, that's a whole topic. I'm not going to. Yeah, let's not fend and act like that. The pygmy thing isn't true sometimes, though, so. I'll give it to y'all. This I'll give this one to y'all. The only person I ever let touch me is my man. And I'm like, so you're a slave. You're in bondage is what I'm hearing. Like, do you need me? Django Unchained. Did you not see that movie? He got unchained. Do I need to buy uh, lock clippers? And do you have a chastity I, belt over I your vagina like, when he leaves? What, what's like happening? If we're keeping it a buck. If I were to text seven of my friends right now and be like, y'all rub one out every once in a while they'd all be like yeah mm-hmm. like every single one yeah like even the virgins because why wouldn't you exactly it's a great time exactly yeah. <laughs> uh you can have a preference for dating people of a certain race c c c c c c c c c c now I just, I just, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like, I gotta know why. I'm not gonna lie to you. I have to know, I have to know your motivations. Like you can't just tell me upfront that you prefer dating Latino women and that's it. I need to know why. I feel like it's problematic the minute that the person that you have a preference for is outside of your race. Right. If you're black and your preference is to date black people, Right. That normal. Makes, that, like in my mind, that makes sense, you know. But right. if you're black and your preference is today white people, I don't know why. That, and that's the only statement you give me. I'm a little cautious. Right. <laughs> um. Cause. Mm, Cause why? Right. Which leads me to this point up here. Black women who date white men are not the same as black men who date white women. Yes. Which, and it honestly, and my yes is becoming a little bit more no as time has gone on. And this, this is why I find that a lot of the time, okay, generally speaking, I know this is not all of the time, but black men who end up dating white women, women it usually happens because one, they think that white women in some way are superior to black women. Or two, they get a bunch of money and all of a sudden they only date They're white women, which is weird. Yeah. Right, which is so weird. My issue, my issue, generally speaking, 
and I've been very vocal about this on more than one occasion and I've just decided to stop talking about it and I no longer have any ground to stand upon because I'm on the other side of my race yep um, she's a traitor <laughs> a traitor to the race shut the fuck up <laughs> throw her in the pit anyways my but my argument has never been don't date outside of your race that has never been my argument my argument has always been a lot of men a lot of black men who date outside of their race when you ask them why their explanation always has less to do with the women that they're dating and mm-hmm. more to do with why they don't date black women black women so it's right. always that i date white women because they're more submissive than black women or i date latino women because yes they have an attitude, but no, they're not bitter or whatever, 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 whatever. And I think that is just self-hate. It's gross. Most of the time it's colorist. It's a nasty attitude. And I feel right. bad for your mama. And honestly, it's kind of racist. I'm not even going to give you the colorist anymore. You're just racist. I know you're black and black people you, can be racist, but you're racist. It's self-hate. Like now you, now yeah. I just know in the back of my mind that in the back of your mind, you hate yourself. And I feel bad for your mama who had to go through all those hours of labor to push you for up. What? Right. For what? For disappointment. Disappointing. Right. And I feel like it tends to be more of the case that Black women just find white men. But I will say on social media, I've been hearing more of the argument from Black women, this idea of Black right. men... Yeah, like black, that white men treat Black women better than Black Is men that treat Black women. Is that I think cap, it's though? cap. I think it's cap. I'm sorry. I think it's cap. I know, like we can, like we. I, I'm honestly, we can go down into the trenches on the ways that black men are just downright disrespectful to black women. That's not what I'm saying. I, this whole and like I feel about this across the board about like so many different topics. This idea that white women, that black women, oh, that white men treat black women better. I think it's cap. The idea that southern men are better than men from i don't know california i think that's cap the idea that american men are better than caribbean men i think it's cap i think there are some cultural maybe significances that have pros and cons in each category that maybe can help hinder you in your decision on who you want to date but at the end of the day everybody is trash and white people are trash with a dash of racism and i don't know why you would want that Okay, firstly, stop dragging so. me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just a dash of racism on the top. Exactly. Like a sprinkle, like Parmesan uh, cheese. I understand what you're saying, and I don't necessarily disagree. However, what I will say, as it relates to the whole white, women, white men treat Black women better than Black men treat Black women, I think the reason that that argument has gained traction is because there has been this narrative throughout history that black women are meant to shoulder the weight of their men right. out of you know support for all of the struggles yes. that encompass being a black man. So you get into the, all these I agree. Black men have a tendency to get into these relationships with these men who require black women to fix them and then leave black women once they're fixed because once they're fixed all of a sudden the black women are quote unquote too bitter to be happy with and so the reason the whole right. thing about white men treat black women better that whole concept has gained traction is because 
for the first time in a very what it would seem long time black women are being catered to in their relationships in ways that they weren't when they were dating black men and so it's less about the fact that white men are better than black men as opposed to the struggles that black people have had to shoulder have had an adverse effect on their relationships with each other and so sometimes it is easier to date outside of their race whether it be white or hispanic or what whatever other race that that's what right so I could definitely see that but I also feel like in some of these cases is it that I think part of that I think like a couple things so one when you were talking about the ease of dating outside of their race I think part of that is because black women felt that they had no choice but to date black men as opposed to dating outside of their race and I think with the mentality with that comes with this idea of not searching for better because I think if you wanted to find it and I'm not saying that they don't want to find it I'm saying that sometimes we find ourselves in this trap of dating maybe the same kinds of men yeah and so, so then I'm not, I'm not when we that feel that, like we don't have like I a said, choice I'm not saying that what I said is all there is to it you know what I mean? I'm just saying right. why I think that that concept has gained so much traction, especially as of late, um, because obviously there are other there are other like challenges that come with dating outside of your race. Like sometimes the the family the barrier. No, no, I'm not even talking about the racist family, but sometimes like, <laughs> like as, a, as a black person, your lived experience is very different from like the lived experience of your white counterpart or your white significant other whatever and so sometimes the barrier between that just feels insurmountable you know what I mean like sometimes you might not feel like your partner might be able to understand where you're coming from which is why I feel like a lot of black people stuck to dating black people in general because at least you knew if you had nothing else you had somebody that understood what the struggle to be black in America for example I'm not saying that I'm not saying that dating white men is actually better than dating black men like I've never said this. I never will. Um, (laughs) But I'm just saying, like, I think part of the reason that the whole concept of, like, Black men treat Black women worse than white men treat Black women is because white Black women are now starting to date Black men, whereas Black men have always been dating outside of their race. You know what I mean? Right. And I agree. I definitely agree with that. Into it. And they're like, you know, I'm finally being treated in a way I never was before. And Mm -hmm. so... Um, that's why it's gained so much traction as of late. Not to traction. say it's necessarily right or wrong. Um, that's just like why it's been so prevalent, especially I think on social media because the number of interracial couples I've seen recently, mm, okay, it's skyrocketing. <laughs> yep, it's a lot. I also want to say that, which also kind of brings me into, I guess, a new nuance, a new kind of nuance November topic. But I also feel like black men, as much because when we were talking about like black men expecting black women to carry like their emotional baggage and things like that it's because as much as black men apparently I didn't know this black men don't want to like admit it they benefit from patriarchy and I didn't realize that y'all didn't believe in black men having patriarchy I learned that the other day they were talking because you know Jameel Hill she was on Twitter like this is probably like a month ago and she like created this like the status about how black men like use and benefit from patriarchy and they will use it to their advantage when they can and a whole bunch of black men went in these comments talking about how 
patriarchy is only something that white men can benefit from. And I was like, how do you think that's possible? (laughs) I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I was like, patriarchy is this idea that we put men before women. And that is true across culture, across race and any area, except for areas that are every single culture. Like every single one. It's across, every, except for the few that put like the women as the head of the household. And even in some cultures that put women as the head of the household, it's still patriarchal because some of, ooh. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. So I just feel like black men, patriarchy, you benefit from it. I don't, I don't know what to tell y'all. The idea that you expect Black women to carry your burden out through life is patriarchy. The idea that you expect Black women to like deal with your cheating and your emotional abuse and sometimes your physical abuse. And the minute they want better from themselves and to leave, they're suddenly giving up on you and leave me like everybody else has left me. It's patriarchy. Bro, the no fact cap. that you the do number, not like that black women men. have become independent is patriarchy. Bro, the number of black men that have stood in my DMs and called me a betrayer of the race since I started dating my boyfriend is crazy. There's There's been a good set. Patriarchy. It's wild. Yeah. Patriarchy. Even if I, even if I wasn't dating a white man, I wouldn't be dating you. So how did we, how did we rise to this level of entitlement? I'm confused. Yes. And I feel like that's part of the problem that I see is that there seems to be this conception that if they were like this idea of taking things personal, yeah. you're dating. A, and like, and I can even say this for like black women, because sometimes black women be capping about black men dating white women. And sometimes I truly do think I think he just met a nice girl that just so happens to be white. But I think we take it personally, this personal affront, like you live all the way, you live in California and I live all the way in Southern Mississippi, but somehow we could have met and we could have been dating, except you're dating this white woman. (laughs) And it's like, no, like, like, but you decided to, you decided to date this white woman instead of being able to date me, even though we've never met, have nothing in common, Common. never and would never yeah, and there are no there's, we right never would have crossed paths but somehow so like i definitely agree with that and it needs it's no stop stop doing that it's weird it is weird well yeah that is weird i don't like that anyways i don't like that either uh, i feel like we should do one more i feel like we've been doing this for a while okay i don't know how you long have we've been a, on this. you have a good one do you see a good one or do you want to go over to Twitter? Let's go over to Twitter and okay. see if we can find. I feel like Twitter is always so problematic though. Today's beauty standards are distilled from pedophilia? Ooh. Wow. I kind of, I, 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 listen, I don't know if today's is the right word. I would say maybe always to be honest, but. I'm not sure. Okay. I agree with I'm this take. I'm not sure that I disagree. And this is why. The number of men that want super small females, despite the fact that they are very large men, is ridiculous. Like, there's so many of them. There's so many men that are like, OMG, you're only five, three and a half. Wow. I think I'm in love. Do you think that stems from, like, the idea of, like, what? I don't know that pedophilia is the right take. Yeah, well, I think how people could link, you know, finding things like 
complete hairlessness and very petite build and those kinds of things, very like soft features. I see how those could be linked to children, which would link it to pedophilia. Right. Maybe pedophilia isn't maybe the right word, even though in some cases I do think that it kind of is, but maybe this idea of always wanting younger. Yeah. Maybe is the better term. It's anti-aging this. It's like have the, you want the skill of a five-year-old child. You have, uh, I don't know. Hold on. Maybe I don't agree with this. Do I agree with this? I don't think, I don't think, I don't think it's I pedophilia. With, I agree I with you. I agree with pedophilia as a concept. Yeah, I think, I think maybe the concept for me is young. Ooh, no, but here's the thing. Mm. I guess it kind of, dip- oh man. So I feel like there are instances of older men dating very young women or even yeah. underage women, but it's not pedophilia in the sense that when I think of pedophilia, I think of actually young children like a five maybe like between the ages of like five and maybe 12 like prepubescence in kind of like a way Mm -hmm. and like and that is not to say that if you are a 25 year old dating a 15 year old you are a gross human being but I don't know if in my mind I call it pedophilia even though technically it it is. is yeah I, but I think there is this thing of men wanting to date younger women for the looks because they just, they don't like the look of older women. They don't like the wrinkles. They don't like the sacky boobs. They don't like the cellulite. They don't blah, blah, blah. They want young type, blah, 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 whatever. And then this idea of younger women, the younger you are, the easier you are to manipulate. It is very easy for a 25-year-old man to manipulate a 15-year-old girl. And it's not necessarily because he is attracted to like her because she's young he is attracted to the manipulation like he's because he's so young because it's a power trip yeah it's a power trip but I feel like pedophilia like there's actually people who are sexually attracted to young children young prepubescent children and then there are instances of men who are attracted to the idea of being able to control and dominate younger women just because and I think it's easier it's, and I for think them to do so about the younger and more about the domination right this yeah. completely turned into a different conversation than what the today's beauty standards are distilled from pedophilia but that's kind of how i feel on that subject just in yeah. general no, like, i almost feel like there's a like i feel like there's a difference and they're both gross but i feel like there should be a word like there should be like a word a step up from pedophilia like something else for sure like yeah i guess you should burn out the stake for it though that's where the concept of like statutory right right exactly transgressions come into play exactly because statutory isn't pedophilia but it's also you are a sick human being who doesn't need to be near young women or young men yeah okay well yeah that's a podcast guys
Wow, that really ended very in a dark place. I really <laughs> wanted to end it on like a happy note, like something really fun, and then like pedophilia is where we ended off. So that that was great for us. Love that. We are um, starting recording the relationship mini series this week, uh, so that first episode will be out next Sunday. Um, that's what we kind of hinted at last episode. So we're really excited for you guys to hear about that. We finally like fleshed out the ideas and the concepts for all the episodes that we want to be in this series. And I'm honestly really hype about it. So I hope that you guys will tune in and that you will like the content and, you know, we'll, we'll just like talk to you guys next week. You'll hear from us next week.